Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
our experience today and, and the book that I'm about to review, uh, authored by uh, President Barack Obama, uh, Dreams for My Father. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I thought it would be apropos. <laughs> yes, so again, I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and uh, sharing your Sunday evening with us. And um, uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, um, I feature books on my show. Even though the title of the show is Grassroots Holistic Health, I, I feature books that deal with mind, body, and spirit from a health perspective. So um, at times I do deal with physical uh, bodily health advice, uh, although I'm not a physician. My wife is not either, and she has a show um, every Saturday morning. Um, and uh, Queen Mother Spirit Change is her name. Um, and for those of you who haven't heard her shows, you would be in for a big treat to tune in. And that's every Sunday, I'm sorry, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Uh, and of course, my show is on for half an hour. Uh, that will be changed beginning next week. I will have an hour show for at least an hour um, on Sunday evenings, and I will have another date during the week in addition to the Sunday evening show, and that will be announced. So uh, without any further ado, because we only have in half an hour, so I'm going to definitely uh, uh, this uh, move right on and to delve in with then uh, the book uh, Dreams for My Father by uh, President Barack Obama. And I must say also, earlier today I, I performed uh, at a church in my neighborhood, the Bridge Street Baptist Church, um, which is in my neighborhood, and uh, a friend of mine invited me, his pastor invited me to perform uh, for a Father's Day celebration, and they were honoring the elders, and that's something that is a tradition within various indigenous communities throughout the world, and especially within the motherland of Africa, where the elders are honored. Um, that's elder men and women, for that matter. And uh, there's a relationship between the children that is very healthy because of that. And uh, so that's something that I will talk about again uh, in a future show. And uh, you can go in my archives, and you'll find that I interviewed uh, Dr. Milana Patrice Somme from Bakuna Fasal. Uh, and his two books I featured, The Healing Wisdom of Africa and the other one, Of Water and the Spirit, which uh, he talks about the traditions uh, and his motherland and his village of, uh, of Africa and Pukuna Fasau, uh, the Takara um, uh, community. So uh, please feel free to uh, visit my website, uh, my blog talk website, and access the archives. And, of course, all books that I feature can be purchased uh, from my, um, my website. That's drumsofchange.com www.drumsofchange.com, and you can purchase books uh, from my site. Just go to the designated bookstore on the left-hand side of the menu. So uh, Dreams of My Father will be discussed tonight as well as next week and maybe the following week uh, because it's, it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't, the time doesn't uh, serve uh, the purpose of uh, uh, doing the justice, rather, to review a book of this magnitude and importance and certain sensitivity. And uh, it, it, the author states 
that in uh, this lyrical and sentimental, actually the reviewer of the book uh, states that in this lyrical, unsentimental, and compelling memoir, the son of a black African father and a white American mother searches for a workable meaning to his life as a black American. And it begins in New York City where Barack Obama learns that his father, a figure he knows more as a myth than as a man, has been killed in a car accident. And this sudden death inspires an emotional odyssey, first to a small town in Kansas, from which he retraces the migration of his father's, his mother's family, rather, in Hawaii, and then to Kenya, where he meets the African side of his, of his family. He thusly, uh, he confronts the bitter truth of his father's life, and at last reconciles his divided inheritance. So he goes on to state that, uh, and by the way, I was born in Petersburg, Virginia, but I, I had my early childhood experience living in uh, New York City as well, in the same vicinity that Barack Obama uh, spent his, his life uh, while he was going to college at Columbia University. And I have a friend of mine, my spiritual brother, Abiyadun Oyewoli, one of the original um, uh, founders of The Last Poets, who lives in a, uh, a building that's owned by Columbia University, right above the park where Barack Obama used to spend his leisure. And I think he rented an apartment uh, right in the same vicinity. So the, the story has a compelling uh, emotional effect on me because I have experienced the, uh, the geographical location, if you will, uh, in, in which uh, this book begins with Barack Obama, our president, stating that almost a decade has passed since this book has, was first published. And he states that, as I mentioned in the original introduction, the opportunity to write this book came while I was in law school at Columbia University. The result of my election as the first African-American president of the Harvard Law Review and in the wake of some modest publicity, I received an advance from a publisher and went to work with the belief that the story of my family and my efforts to understand that story might speak in some way to the fissures of race that have characterized the American experience, as well as the fluid state of identity, the leaps through time, the collision of cultures that mock our modern life. Like most first-time authors, I was filled with hope and despair upon the book's publication, hope that the book might succeed beyond my youthful dreams, despair that I had failed to say anything worth saying, the reality fell somewhere in between. The reviews were mildly favorable, and people actually showed up at the readings my publisher arranged, and the sales were underwhelming. And after a few months, I went on with the business of my life, certain that my career as an author would be short-lived but glad to have survived the process with my dignity more or less intact. So uh, he goes on to state that he had little time for reflection over the next 10 years, and he ran a voter registration project in the 1992 election cycle and began a civil rights practice and started teaching constitutional law at the University of Chicago. I must backtrack a minute and state that um, I actually uh, – spent some time at Columbia University at their teacher's college, not as a student, but as a, um, as a patient 
uh, I guess you might say, a client. I had a speech impediment. I, I had a stutter that was very profound. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm amazed that I'm able to speak as fluid as I am uh, this evening because I, I stuttered. And it, sometimes if you caught me incorrectly uh, at the wrong time and I was unprepared, you might ask me my name and, and I would stutter my name. It might take me a, a minute to say my name. Yes. Uh, maybe a half a minute. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe about 10 seconds. All right. That's, yeah, I guess 10 seconds might be more accurate. But I, I stomped my feet. I, I did a shuffle sometimes. And uh, sometimes I didn't say anything at all because I was afraid that I, I would uh, stutter and I didn't want to be embarrassed. Plus, I didn't want to embarrass the person that I was speaking with. But to fast forward that, that particular thought, um, I lived in a uh, boarding school at the time, group home. Again, uh, that's how I met my uh, my spiritual brother, Abby Adun Oyewole, from The Last Poets. He and I grew up together. I was somewhat older than he, and he was my younger brother. But uh, I took speech uh, therapy at Columbia University. And I used to go to the library, and I felt, I used to act sometimes as if I was a student there. And they looked at me as if I was a protege, a young genius, <laughs> you know, as I was walking down the aisle, and especially as I made my time, uh, uh, leisure time in the library. And that was the beginning of actually me developing my intellectual um, awareness and sensitivity because I would read the New Yorker magazine and other magazines and occasionally talk to people, and it made me, it gave me the confidence to want to delve into history and learning about current events and so forth. So I just thought I'd share that with you. And my wife was amazed. She looked at me in amazement. I had not shared that with her, it seemed. But I did. But, uh, you might have. I forgot. <laughs> you forgot? Okay. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, and those of you, by the way, who are uh, tuning in or in the chat room, if you wish to call in, uh, of course, you can call in the host, uh, the guest number, rather, is 347-215-7331. And I'd be very happy to uh, have you share your thoughts with us. So he goes, um Barack Obama goes on to state that my wife and I had uh, bought a house, was blessed with two gorgeous, healthy, and mischievous daughters, and struggled to pay their bills. When a seat in the same in the state legislature opened up in 1996, some friends persuaded me to run for the office, and I won. And I had been warned before taking office that state politics lacks the glamour of its Washington counterpart. One labors largely in obscurity mostly on topics that mean a great deal to some, but that uh, the average man or woman on the street can safely ignore, such as the regulation of mobile homes or the tax consequences of farm equipment and so forth. I want to go, I want to fast forward and, and maybe go back at this uh, sometime next week uh, when we have the next show and uh, just deal with the fact that uh, he goes on to speak and I think this would be germane to today being Father's Day, I want to just touch upon his experience. Um, when he talks about that uh, his, his father, he did not know. Um, he says, compared to uh, the flood of memories, all my well-ordered theories seem insubstantial and premature, but still he strongly resisted the idea of offering up his past in a book a past that left him feeling exposed and slightly ashamed, not because the past is particularly painful 
or perverse, but because it speaks of those aspects of myself that resist conscious choice and that on the surface at least contradict the world I now occupy. And what he talks about is his, he talks about that his father, um, he, well, actually, let me back up somewhat. His wife's cousin, uh, who's only six years old, had already lost uh, innocence in a certain way. And a few weeks ago, he reported to his parents that some of his first-grade classmates have refused to play with him because of his dark, unblemished skin. And obviously, his parents born and raised in Chicago, and, and Gary, uh, he's talking about this friend of his, lost their own innocence long ago, and although they aren't bitter, the two of them being as strong and proud and resourceful as any parents I know, hears the pain in their voices, and they begin to have second thoughts about having moved into a city, into a mostly white suburb. So we know that um, uh, Barack had a white mother and a an African uh, father, a black man, black African, and and that posed a certain problem with him. And I'm just going to now just defer from the book for a moment. And from what I know uh, about his father and his mother, his, they went to college together and uh, graduated. And his father was a very intelligent man. He majored in economics. And he was a, somewhat of a, if not a protege, he was really looked forward to by his countrymen in Kenya as become a very significant player within the political arena. Uh, one thing, though, is that his father suffered from alcoholism. And his father, uh, uh, unfortunately, drove while he drank. And that's a problem that... Uh, we have here within the United States, especially here in New York City where we live, uh, that people do drive and drink. And I always share with my wife on the holidays that we should not be so anxious to want to go out and travel. Uh, and we tend to stay home. We stay close to home, don't we, honey? Yes, and I'm glad. <laughs> yes, and, and not only just driving and drinking, but uh, we had a woman who had a diabetic um, episode and lost control of her car and ran into a bar. I think it was a restaurant bar. And uh, God uh, uh, was very grace, served us gracefully by no one being seriously injured. But uh, anyway, Barack's father, uh, he had passed away unexpectedly uh, while driving and drinking. And uh, I just share that because uh, I, too, uh, never knew my um, my father, Barack, had only met his father once and spent some hours with him. Um, but I also uh, have uh, the experience of not knowing my biological father. Um, I, my mother and my biological father divorced, uh, separated, and then eventually divorced while I was a toddler. And I was raised by a stepfather. And my stepfather had a problem with drugs. And uh, during the day, he was a barber, and then at night, he was a drug pusher. And uh, those consequences were very grave. He did not die from any type of accident, but he spent time in and out of prison, and uh, he would uh, get arrested, spend a year or two, and then come home and reestablish his barber business, barbering business, and then uh, get uh, someone impatient about that income and try to supplement it by selling drugs. And, and then eventually uh, got arrested and spent uh, a number of uh, numerous numerous years in prison, um, which is one of the reasons why I wound up in the uh, boarding school group home. Uh, 
And uh, that saved my life, though. It provided me in so many ways with the opportunity to catapult myself in an arena that was a lot more healthier than the uh, environment that I found myself in occasionally when I lived in Harlem, New York. Um, However, I must say that that wasn't such a bad experience because Barack Obama talks about how he lived in Spanish Harlem, and he was able to develop relationships and a closeness with the Latino community. And uh, very interesting uh, that he had that experience. And uh, he says at some point, in, in, uh, in, in, in spite of the stubborn, the stubborn desire to protect himself from scrutiny, in spite of the periodic impulse to abandon the entire uh, pursuit of his uh, uh, dreams, he found a way into these pages to record a personal interior uh, journey, a boy's search for his father, and through that search, a workable meaning for his life as a black American. And the result is autobiographical, um, autobiographical. although whenever someone's, would, someone would ask him over the course of these last uh, three years after him, he, write, he wrote the book, uh, he usually avoided such a description. Uh, an autobiography promises feats worthy of record, conversations with the famous people, a central role in important events, and there was none of that here. But in the very least, a autobiography implies a summing up a certain closure that hardly suits someone of his years, as he stated back then. But clearly, charting, charting his way through the world, he can't even hold up his experience as being somewhat representative of the black American experience. And I beg to defer. Uh, yes, indeed, his experience can be some uh, something that is shared by many, many uh, of us who are African Americans, and, and as he states, the black experience. Um, as I mentioned, he goes on to state that a few months after his 21st birthday, a stranger called to give him news that and at the time he was living in New York at the time on 44th Street and second, between 2nd and 1st Avenue. And part of that unnamed shifting border between East Harlem and the rest of Manhattan. And East Harlem is called uh, by some as Spanish Harlem. And uh, it was, he said it was an uninviting block, treeless and barren, lined with suit-colored walk-ups that cast heavy shadows for most of the day. And the apartment that he had was very small with, with slanting floors and irregular heat and a buzzer downstairs that didn't work. So the visitors had to call ahead from a payphone at the corner gas station where a black doberman the size of a, of a wolf paced through the night in vigilant patrol, his jaws clamped around an empty beer bottle. And none of this concerned me much, he states, but I didn't get many visitors. I was impatient in those days and busy with work and unrealized plans and prone to see other people as unnecessarily distractions. I wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't appreciate company exactly. I enjoyed exchanging Spanish pleasantries with my mostly Puerto Rican neighbors, and on my way back from classes, I'd actually usually stop to talk to the boys who hung out on the stoop all summer long with the Knicks on the gunshots or the gunshots they'd heard the night before. And when the weather was good, my roommate and I might sit out on the fire escape to smoke cigarettes and 
and study the dust washing blue over the city or watch white people from the better neighborhoods nearby walk their dogs down our block to let the animals SH on our curbs. Scoop the poop, you bastards, my roommate would shout with impressive rage, and we'd laugh at the faces of both master and beast, grin and unapologetic as they hunkered down on to do the deed. I enjoyed those moments, Barack states, but only in brief. If the talk began to wander across the border into familiarity, I would soon find reasons to excuse myself. I had grown too comfortable in my solitude, the safest place I knew. I remember there was an old man living next door who seemed to share my disposition. He lived alone, a gaunt, stooped figure who wore a heavy black overcoat and misshapen fedora on those rare occasions when he left his apartment. So I'm going to stop there. It's about uh, We have about six minutes remaining, and I just want to uh, just digest and, and, and have, if my wife cares too, she can share some thoughts uh, about what we experienced today and what her feelings were about uh, Father's Day as we celebrated at the church. And also, any thoughts you might want to share about what I've just read about uh, our president, Barack Obama, and his book, Dreams from My Father. I would like to read. I would like to read that book. Uh-huh. It's, the preface that you started sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as this morning at um, Bridge Street AME mm. Church, well, first of all, the drumming was phenomenal. Uh, thank you, thank you. But so it much. always is. I always enjoy it. But the interesting thing is, I'm I'm not being. Um, Subjected with that because the response of the members of Bridge Street AME was very exciting. <laughs> and I remember one of the speakers in the pulpit talked about the tradition, <laughs> the African tradition of how the elders are to be held in high esteem. Mm. And what was, you know, what was uh, so cute is the um, woman that was sitting next to me agreed with him and, you know, and she whispered, well, you know, it's not that way today. And it really isn't. Mm-hmm. But in our African tradition, the elders were really held in high esteem. The fathers were placed at the head not only of the household, but of the community as well. And I recall that um, the first gentleman who spoke talked about some of the fathers also being griots. Ah, yes. yes. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So all, all in all, it was a very enriching event this morning for Father's Day. So yes. I'm, I'm glad that, um, that we were invited. I'm glad that you were invited to... Um, bring the vehicle of the drum, mm-hmm. because as we know, the drum is not only a musical instrument, it's also a vehicle for healing. Absolutely. And I believe that there were several people who received healing this morning ah, as a result of the drum playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good observation. So 
Well, thank you for sharing. Thanks for sharing that, uh, hon, yeah. with us. And uh, you made quite a few uh, points and observations uh, of uh, the event at the church, and uh, you actually just brought some things to my mind. And uh, I'm looking forward to discussing that more on the next show. I forgot to mention, I did mention that you can purchase books from my um, website, but also those of you who are listening who do not have a drum in the home, I encourage you to purchase a drum from my website. If it's not from your local drum store, um, it so happens that my website that are very inexpensive but highly crafted. So please feel free to go to www.drumsofchange.com to purchase drums as uh, as low as uh, price points of uh, $29, including shipping, to upwards to $200, and of course, and in between. So, and other instruments are sold as well, accessories as well as drums, and of course, you can purchase. I thank you so much again for tuning in this evening, and we will be on again next week, and uh, that show should be for an hour, and continuing weeks, following weeks, subsequent weeks will be for an hour as well, and, um, and I will have an additional day included. So again, thank you, peace and love to all. I thank you so much for sharing your time. Uh, as always, we give homage to the Most High. We give homage to the uh, deities, the Orishas, the guardians. We give homage to our ancestors, to my mother-in-law, my siblings, to all of my friends and non-friends, and may my enemies become my non-enemies. May we agree to disagree and to show respect for one another. I give honor and love to my wife and all appreciation for all that she shares and does for me within my life in this lifetime. So again, Hetepu, uh, Shalom, Assalamu Alaikum, all my relations, peace and love until we meet again.